Hi, all you beautiful listeners out there at High Hash Rate. I want to preface this particular episode. This is a very sad, sad episode. Tragedy happened. I'll tell you why. We had on some amazing guests, our sister or brother podcast, Rock, Paper, Bitcoin. We had Fundamentals and Business Cat on. What a great conversation it was. And man, oh man, do we wish we could share the entirety of it with you. However, there was a mishap with the recording and we lost some of Business Cat's audio and recording. So a lot of the conversation had to be chopped up. With that being said, you'll probably hear us jump from topic to topic, but I would still say it doesn't disappoint. Hope you enjoy. Also, I just want to take a brief moment here and thank Fountain.fm for being instrumental in high hash rates growth. We're very thankful for all of our listeners. And if you found us through Fountain, uh, which is likely the case, because that's where most of our traffic comes from. What a cool model, right? Podcasting 2.0. But if you are not listening to high hash rate on fountain.fm, we highly recommend it. You can stream sats to your favorite podcasts. You can also create clips and even stack sats by listening to your favorite podcasts. It's that easy. So if you're not a fountain, head on down and download fountain.fm today and start listening and stacking them sats. I think local communities are going to have to organize, reorganize around their own circadian biologies based on where they live. But without the, without the constraints or the limits of being told what time it is by somebody else. Yeah, I think one of the, like, really, like, the innovation of Bitcoin, among other things, is that it was a new way to tell time. Like, how do you, how do you tell which block comes before or after any other block without trusting a trusted third party to say what time it is? It's like, that was what Satoshi figured out. He figured out how to decentralize the clock out to the network. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Um, so how you guys been? How's the how's family life and just trying to like keep it all keep it cool as the as this thing starts erupting? It's so warm in my office right now. I have all my miners turned on now to like heat the house. I've, I'm fully like I'm not venting anything outside anymore. It's all inside, and upstairs it's like it's nice, nice temperature for sleeping upstairs. But oh my god, my office right now like I had to take my pants off. I'm sitting here in my boxer shorts right now because of how hot it is. It's like, I am sweating my balls off right now. The um, the you mentioned something about mining season. So it was like you basically from this point on you're running, or is that was that something else? Uh, I think of mining season as, uh, like, the time of the year, like, at our latitude, it's the time of the year that I am mining, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm weaponizing the waste. I'm not just venting it outside. Oh, gotcha. I'm using sure. it to that heat my sense. house. So, what? yeah, for a lot of people, like, at mining season, for a lot of people, is like, if you're not profitable during the summer, all of a sudden, you're profitable because you're not buying heating oil. So, like, <coughs> for some people, if they're seasonal, seasonal miners, gotcha. it's mining season. What's, uh, how cold does it get, did it get there this past few days? It is just about freezing exactly right now outside. Yeah, the last few mornings it was like low twenties here, 
and it was you know 80 a week and a half ago and so i'm like oh shit here we go have you had snow yet no snow uh it it snowed enough nearby that when i went out to dinner on saturday i took a parking spot from somebody who's like a chunk of snow fell off from they drove in from out of town and it was still sitting on the street all right (laughs) imported snow we had a nice meetup this past weekend we did weather was great um brought the family out and it was like the last nice day perfect day for a meetup like that yeah. to happen outside yep. nice well i don't know do you guys get the any like seasonal effective any of that i mean not necessarily to a point where you'd call it disorder but just get sad in the winter i do not hell no um although it, i you know i i make it a point it's, and i think it's really important to see the sun rise okay. every day and it's actually how you start getting serotonin going in your body. And I think it, if you disconnect yourself from that, that's typically, you know, maybe there's genetic disposition. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. That is how, typically how that, that happens. I have to start doing that. Thank God I, I grew up in Michigan and you didn't see the sun from November to March. It was tough, but it's not mm-hmm. too bad in the Midwest. But man, it gets cold. I mean, I'm not a fan of day- yeah, I'm not a fan of daylight savings, but at least like now the sun is gonna come out an hour earlier. That's true. It gets dark an hour earlier. That sucks. But literally, like I'm on my deck in the morning reading my book. Is daylight savings still a thing, or did they cancel that? Is next year? Is it gone next year? No, no. God damn. The it. reason is all the you know the TV prime time, all that bullshit. Um, they didn't want that to like shift an hour. They wanted to like, get that extra. It's darker. People are staying in and watching, watching our content that we're selling advertising for Pfizer for. I'll tell you what, that's going to be the, uh, like the mark, w- one of the clear marks that like the, the world has come to its senses. Like Bitcoin has taken over is whenever the Bitcoiners are in charge and we get rid of this stupid, ridiculous legacy thing that we're just still respecting for some reason. When do we just ignore it? So I, I think Bitcoiners start ignoring daylight savings bef- like before anyone All right. gets rid of it. Like, hey, hold on. It literally hold kills people every year. Hold this thought because this is exactly where I want to start because it's exactly the topic I kind of wanted to get into. You'll see. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're going to start. <laughs> no, that's right. Now. All right. Welcome back to High Hash Rate, guys. As, uh, as promised, we've got the rock, paper, Bitcoin crowd, or the co-host, Fundamentals and business cat uh it's been a long time coming but i guess sister pod brother podcast whatever you want to call it uh that's how that's what it feels like so we got them both on today um how you guys doing great great to be here hello everyone it's me your best internet friend business cat (laughs) we're talking a little bit before the show and we're talking about daylight savings time and uh the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight is psyops, like different psyops and, and how you kind of start mm-hmm. to notice them uh, more and more during your Bitcoin journey. But uh, yeah, what do you, daylight savings time is coming up, what, in like two weeks? I think it's bullshit. It makes me sad when it gets dark early in the winter. These guys, they're early birds. They like the sun. But uh, you, were t- you were just saying how much you love daylight savings time, right? Fundamentals? Uh, I wasn't saying I love it. I was saying that it. I think that well, I mean it is unfortunately a thing. I don't. 
It will be nice in the morning when the sun comes out an hour earlier. It'll be nice, yeah. But I could do without it, and I'm, I look forward to a day where Bitcoiners rebel against it and just like you know we're gonna go off block time, and that's just what. What? Why did they start daylight savings time? What was the? I thought it was far, farmers. A farmer. I thought it was far, for farmers. I've heard so many different stories Who about knows? that. Like every year, NPR and like we'll do like a little fluff piece about it. And like I've I've heard that it was the farmers and the crop sharing. And then I've also heard that's bullshit. So like I, I don't know. There's been so many different stories. <laughs> I I am not an authority on the subject. I just know that fuck daylight savings time. It literally kills people every year. There's people that die because because like the time changes and they have to get up differently for work and they die in a car accident that like that is a non-zero number that literally happens every year so it's like why on earth would we continue this okay so it's, it's not yeah. I mean, while we're there though while we're there while we're fixing that like we can also fix like not making kids wake up at five or six in the morning either and then, because there's like a lot of car accidents that happen because right they are just buses buses going off into ditches um like, there's no reason why they don't go to school from, like, just 9 to, you know, not to make them 9 to 5ers, but they can, you know, something that's more suited to their sleep schedule. That's I mean, the amount of time that's needed for, for school in general is not that much. Right, well. Or, you know, so if you're homeschooling your kids, you know, different conversation. don't make them get up yeah. at 5 in the morning. Um, but so, okay, like, now ro- roll it back a little bit further when they tried to institute time zones, right? Like, uh I guess they, I th- it took off because they needed to be able to synchronize because uh, they were building the railroad across like, the world, basically, but the United States in the Western world. And they needed to synchronize like bus stops and like, or uh, train stops and like where to be at which time. So they needed to like have everybody kind of following the same thing. But can you imagine just like being some farmer, or, like some conspiracy uncle and like some, some dude from the globalist banks or something, I, who knows the government he's telling you, it's like, all right, this is the time that you live in now. And this is where you have to be, you know, if you want to do this or that, you want to travel. Imagine the conspiracies for that. Like who, I don't think people would have bought into that too easily. What must have it been like for the people that existed before the clock was the thing that like delegated their day to day, what they're doing. It's like during the industrial revolution, whenever people moved from just like an agrarian uh, out in the countryside into the cities, all of a sudden they needed to be like at, at a factory at a certain time so what did what did the big bosses do they put up like giant clocks in the center of the town so people knew what time it was and it went from people just rising and like going to sleep with the sun to rising and sleeping with um with with a, an electronic or a mechanical timepiece and like that must have been like there's always been people that are tuned have been tuned into like man they're taking over like they're the people the the man is taking over control of the people and that must have been a like yeah right. like crazy people can the sky is so, falling type of moment there's a um there's a fish lyric here um a song called waiting in the velvet sea and the lyric goes you won't find moments in a box, and someone else will set your clocks. Ooh. Yeah. And it's like a lo- it's like a love song, like you're gonna be with somebody else. Uh, that's that's good. The but, um, but the th- you don't we don't want someone else setting. I think about. <laughs> and I guess that's where we're think, at, right? There's that where like you know somebody set this like centralized order of what the time zones were, but then you had, you know, the the invention of the light bulb and electricity, and all of a sudden. I mean, everybody from 
the beginning on for, until you know 150 200 years ago they they woke up when the sun came up and they were they went to sleep or they took shelter when it was dark and like nobody worked at night and then all of a sudden you know based on who has electricity and can light something productivity doubles like your whole concept of time changes because there's time there that was no that wasn't there before and then society just like rapidly grew and improved because they had a new like a revolution in time and then now we get to we talk about the psyop of like the the time zones and it's it was a very useful psyop though it organized millions to billions of people for a long time and it was really beneficial obviously it was like pretty suspicious at the beginning but people got the hang of it and now you've got a new you know kind of where time and time zones really don't matter that much anymore because you could be having a meeting with somebody on the other side of the world regardless of you know what if you considered that your time to like be at work and it's almost like we need to have another revolution in time and a new rhythm that organizes people no matter where they're at in any zone around the physical space i don't know yeah i think local communities are going to have to organize reorganize around their own circadian biologies based on where they live but without the without the constraints or the limits of being told what time it is by somebody else right yeah i think one of the like really like the innovation of bitcoin among other things is that it was a new way to tell time like how do you how do you tell which block comes before or after any other block without trusting a trusted third party to say what time it is. It's like that was what Satoshi figured out. He figured out how to decentralize the clock out to the network. And instead of having to trust mm -hmm. that central third party of what time it is, I mean, yeah, it, fundamentals, you, keep, you were saying like that's a, a security flaw. And yeah, if you're trusting somebody to set your clock, I mean, you're, you're, trusting, you're trusting them to tell you what time to wake up, what time to go to bed. Um, it's it's an it's a thing it's a threat vector that I haven't thought about much, um, but it's all uh, talking about time zones. I'm, I like time zones because time zones are evidence of uh, a circular world. A the, the world is the globe, and it doesn't make sense if why would they build time zones uh, if the world was not a globe? So anybody can do a little <laughs> bit of math and figure and and figure out some some cir the circumference. But well, yeah, anyway, I'm I'm going off in a different direction there. I like time zones better than daylight savings time. Let's be clear about that. But they're both. I had never thought about the psyop, the time zones as a psyop. I, I think we're think definitely moving like pretty fascinating. Like, universal stand or coordinated time, like UTC time or like Greenwich time. Like we're definitely moving in a direction where people that are any anybody who's like operating on a global level already operates on UTC time. I mean, it's like the the, the military operates on Zulu time. So. Right. If you're trying to operate among multiple time zones, and you're going to have to get above that to begin with. But in, what, like 140 years, it's going to have to be, they're going to have to hard fork because it what There's a mechanism, though. I, I forget what it is. It escapes me, but there, it's a mechanism that basically that, you, that regular, that ensures that regular time is always moving forward. There's a mechanism. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting, like the... The, the hard fork, it's, it's, it, it sounds bad. That's also a psyop too, because it's, you know, if everybody, if everybody agrees to it, it's, you know, 
doesn't matter. But the, the, the real issue is that when they actually do the hard fork, they can, you know, split chains and they could have all kinds of, you could have chaos for a short amount of time. Um, it would, you know, that would kind of suck to just, you end up just on the wrong chain, you know, catch up for a while. Think about it, like if we had some sort of, um, cataclysm or, you know, an asteroid type situation and like communications between continents, different time zones, um, was, was, you know, degraded to the point where maybe it took weeks, maybe it took months, maybe it took years before those lines of communication, at least digitally, were reconnected. Then the chains theoretically have to unite again, or they're going to have to compete. I guess we'll find out like which time zone put in the most work, but, uh, you know, that's an interesting concept too. Like we could have a big split like that, uh, in our physical universe, but the big, I was just listening to somebody. It might have been you. It might have been because I listened to you guys yesterday, the Magics episode. But it might have been you guys. If somebody was like, "Yeah, when it, when we have some type of event, like a nuclear event, at some point in time, I look, I'm gonna look and see a block was." Oh yeah, up. yeah. I was like, was, yeah, we're gonna be made, into right? like and proof so, of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking I like, like a movie script. Like they get like a like a block stream satellite and they find it like a, in somebody's basement. And they hook it up and they're like they haven't had com- outside communication in weeks. And then they, they see that the blocks are starting to be mined. New blocks. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. We're, alive. We're alive. We're up. This that, is uh, a, it's like the movie uh, like the, the day after tomorrow or uh, not the day after tomorrow. Um, for, Forty days later or something like that. The the, the fast zombies one. Um, the, it was yeah, always, exactly speculated that like w- they, they didn't know whether this disaster was located mm-hmm. like locally to the UK or whether right, the rest of the right. world was like this is a way or like even the, that that uh, movie The Village where it was like people living out in isolation it's like some some distant point in the future where you think you're isolated like oh let's let's tie in like are there blocks being mined like oh no civilization it's, civilization goes on it's a it's a record of human activity because it requires the the use and the the focus of energy and commerce and trade to to even have you know a block with transactions in it so you see a block is mined and if it's all empty well then you can maybe assume that there's some miners running still but there's nobody there's nobody Work nobody was, was trading there's That's nobody sweet. doing anything so maybe yeah. the miners are just running yeah it and makes me wonder get, so like the or idea... you see transactions and you know people are going live somewhere yeah but you know electrical power some way in some way was right. used like we see these uh, egyptian hieroglyphics and i I've, i just watched this uh, documentary i've been watching a, cra- a couple crazy documentaries but one of them was about uh, this this uh, temple that they are exploring right now that they're like they pulled up the floor of this temple and found a whole other section that was like unexplored for millennia and so they're they're lidar mapping all of the um all of like the pictographs on the wall and pulling stuff off and it makes me wonder like are these seed like are any of these pictographs hidden away in like these ancient Egyptian places? Are, are these is this a seed phrase for some ancient alien mm. uh, like blockchain? And we just don't like if we ever checked in on it, like we would see that oh this blockchain which mints new blocks like once a century or something is something that we could participate in, but uh, and it just has been sitting. It's cosmic blockchain, that like like some Akashic record like that we can't, we'll never understand. There will be a solution then in this world. So it's like, do you do you, do you guys know how or why AT and T was created? Um, like, AT and T was created because, um, like, book bookmakers needed to um, 
you know, they weren't getting the results of horse races in time. Okay. And the network just wasn't like mature enough and people were front running the results and AT&T started laying down, you know, laying down wiring to be able to telegraph the results in real time. And it's, it's, you know, it's very, it's very similar. Like if you read Lynn Alden's book now, Broken Money, it's just like you start to see, okay, look, transactions are so far outpaced the speed of settlement that there's no avoiding the mismatch and the breaking of the system there. And so now you have enter Bitcoin to solve this problem, but it all started like it started this network thing started really with AT&T just really trying to, somebody was corrupting the information that was, uh, well, the, you know, it's funny that you bring that up, the AT&T thing. So like people were like getting ahead of the, the results from like betting and it's the, FTX, do you know like one of the reasons that FTX basically was insolvent? So, you know, after like having so much revenue on the run up of like when they were a startup. So they, they were making, they were the market makers and they were, they built their system uh, for their order book um, in like Python, which is you know, it's a useful software programming language, but it's, it's slow. Uh, and they were using just AWS, Amazon servers. Um, they had the latency from like the server locations were in a, on a different, you know, like multiple time zones away. Um, so they were just slow and inefficient and they had all these agreements with these extremely well funded, um, very resourceful hedge funds. And the hedge funds had like their internet connections they were using these like um it wasn't you know uh like fiber even it was like these uh, it's killing me that i'm forgetting it's like a microwave it was like a it was like a microwave fucking antenna thing that they used um I'm, i'm i'm butchering that but it's you look it up you can read about it and they would they would yeah they would position their algorithms their supercomputers like like right outside of like ftx where ftx was in the bahamas and they were just front running every single, they were front running Almeida and FTX and wow. like every, every, every retail noob that they were trying to bring in. Um, and so I, I don't remember the, the carry or like whatever the, the cost was, but it cost uh, Almeida so much money that they, they would basically went solvent after a few months on all these trades, these uh, high volume trades. And that's part of the reason that they were so adamant about like uh, advertising the NFL and advertising just in, pop culture in the United States because they needed to get their approvals or their, you know, regulations license and then just bring in armies of what they expected to be like millions of retail noobs. And they were just going to just keep running them dry. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> right. They found a way to communicate faster. Same right. story. Right. It's amazing. Right. Same story. And so, you know, there'll be a time where we can't quite have latency with Jupiter. So right, the, right. There will be a, there will probably be a solution if there's meant to be one. There will go a long time without one. People get wrecked. There's something that you said that uh, I w- wanted to go back to. You said something about, you know, how could these beings not know how to operate or know, be interoperable, whatever, with like the tools and the technology that another had. Um, because we all come from, we all, no matter where in the universe, as far as we understand it, like you 
obey the laws of physics. Um, and you can intuit like everything in, in Bitcoin, right? Like you can intuit it from patterns and um, properties that uh, uh, arithmetic, things like that, that no matter where you were in history, other than the fact you needed the internet, but like everything, everything else about that technology, you could, um, you could intuitively discover at your own pace. And so if we can learn how to do that in a micro space, we can do it in like a, the universe and you can somehow send information just by, I don't know, sensing the vibes, man. Right. The way our hormones Something like do. that. Something that we wouldn't, we don't even think to um, recognize today. See, because everything that, like, I think the extension of what you just said is like, I think everything we think we can model actually is. Does right. No, I agree with that. Bodies. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think about that before, but I think I agree with that. Everything is like, what, like what's the study of epistemology led to um, like Descartes and you know, the, the information is what you, or what truth is like, it has to, you know, emanate from within. You can't get it from an external stimulation or external input. It comes from within. And I mean, that could be literally everything, everything. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like there's a Star Trek next generation that, for sure got into this with just that you know a biological process that was manifesting itself outside of it in, in an outside world that didn't know that's happening inside i didn't really i wasn't really into sci-fi when i was growing up at all and the more i am exposed to it like later in life now where i'm like damn i didn't appreciate like i didn't appreciate what they were doing with that or with that show they're exploring all these crazy stuff i mean yeah i I'm yeah, kind of with right, you. Like, right, I was in a sports, right. and so I definitely wasn't. I just did, I missed out on a lot of the sci-fi, but Next Generation was. That's when I went to college, so it was like always on, and it was the best. Um, it, it kind of makes me think of the finding the truth or whatever inside or from yourself, um, and going smaller is the other psyop that I think is mm. Bitcoin or Sats or the. You know, I have a Bitcoin that just means, you know, that value is the ultimate unit. You know, you can break it down into sats, right? But uh, I don't know how to, and you guys will catch what I'm throwing down here because it's hard to communicate. But like, I don't, I don't think that that is the value because you, you could have one Bitcoin technically, but you could have it in, you know, a multi-signature wallet and then another wallet. And then you have one of the wallets has a thousand UTXOs that you would have to combine into an input for you to spend one Bitcoin. And, you know, somebody has one UTXO that represents five Bitcoin. If you had to spend those, you know, at a moment's notice, one of them is going to cost you. I mean, sometimes you see them on, on chain, like a, a transaction for a, a handful of Bitcoin will cost somebody $150,000 because the input, the, the, the transaction was so large and the block space was scarce. So, yeah, there's 21, or, you know, there'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. But based on the UTXO set, there's only going to be so much that can be spent any given 10 minutes. So if you have to spend it at a specific, you know, window of time, 
you may not be able to afford to do it efficiently. You may not be able to get it into the block at all. You may not be willing to. And somebody with, you know, one TX, UTXO with multiple Bitcoin, it costs them nothing to spend it. So I think in some sense, we have to understand the value of not just UTXOs, which are the actual um, really scarce thing, the amount of, and the in the block space. Those two things are the what's actually scarce because they're scarce in a practical sense of when you might need to use them. Whereas 21 million of Bitcoin as a unit of measure is really, it's a, it's not, it's disconnected from the actual value of the system in my opinion. So it's, um, you know, we, we're going to start to understand, like, like I said, the value of a UTXO, but we're going to have to figure out all the different configurations of UTXOs and how they're connected to the liquidity of lightning and settlement. And that's like where the next revolution is going to come when people realize that the, you know, measuring the value of one Bitcoin with a dollar price doesn't even make sense. If you go from zero, you think, how much Bitcoin do you need to have? And I talk about it like you need enough to get skin in the game. Right. And then I, the way I've been thinking about it recently is you need enough to decorrupt yourself from fiat. So, like, I don't know if that starts right. at 30 percent right. or what. I don't know where that starts. Right. But that starts somewhere. And then you hit an upper limit, I think, where um, if you go beyond this limit, your time preference raises again. Like if you are. You know, maybe you're comfortable at like, maybe you have a, you got some fiat income or you're, you're comfortable at like 60%, let's just say. And then you go beyond that. You are, um, you, you may be raising your time preference again because you don't, you're, you're just skittish about the short term. And maybe this is where stable coins really do have a use case. This is, yeah. Corners because this is, still, right? this is a theory that I've been just like, it's been cooking in my brain like the past few days i'm thinking about it a lot and let me run it by you guys and like so to go back to my point about the utxos and the and the value of the utxo configuration or you, the subset of utxos that you control um which all have their own uh security um their own security budget like their own security uh model uh so it's there's a lot of security there and i think people don't um appreciate that enough but with the way this taproot assets works is that it it let the first thing they had to build was the ability to add some a very light amount of metadata to uh, to a transaction that they could use to sync with um, off off chain, and it's it's basically just a timestamp, um, a record of of UTXOs and that you've assigned to this you know asset based on this protocol any asset but you know obviously stablecoins would be a, a big one, and it. Once it, they get everything set up for the lightning to work, you'll be able to set these on chain, issue them on chain, transact them on chain, but also make them um, eligible to be spent in lightning channels. So now you've got this new market that will be built um, that people can price in whatever they know best, whatever market, subjective off-chain market that they can predict the future value of things and or how you know how the value of their currency, the value of their asset. But for most people, it's the dollar. And they can you can start to see which you know the amount of liquidity you provide and the amount of efficiency that you can get out of this these as amount of UTXOs that you can use to gain yield from all the volume coming in to use and spend these stable coins on Lightning. 
and then you have you know what you need to lock in and be able to to settle on chain into open channels and you can value all that in the asset or the dollar it's, so it's it's almost like you're just pegging your sats to a decentralized dollar market and you're able to test every type of configuration and amount of liquidity and channels and connections and different networks and whatever those configurations are most efficient and most cost-effective uh, and most profitable at any 10-minute interval um, will be the, the the cheapest transaction and the most secure transaction to be sent anywhere in the world without a question at all times. And who's not going to use that? It's better fiat, right? For sure, right? And definitely, it's going to bring more scarcity right. to the block space and more demand. Sure, right? I would think. It's just if it's good. If it's good, it'll def. It'll you know we do need a bridge. That, you know we can, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna teleport out of fiat. It's like yeah, I, you know immediately. Yeah, it's it's it it's like a it's kind of another psyop. The people that get suckered, unfortunately, and scammed, it's because they're looking at the wrong. They're looking at the price from the wrong. I don't know perspective. Instead of like this, you know, I've got this stable coin or this NFT, and it's, uh, yeah, it's backed by Bitcoin, but it's worth this many dollars. It's it's like, hey, I've got uh, these UTXOs, and according to the outside world, if I configure them this way, I can get more Bitcoin from them. And they think they're, you know, they think that we're transacting for a dollar, but really, uh, everything. I, my my node, my liquidity, my UTXO set is more efficient. So now I can more cheaply, you know, put a channel up and charge them to send their Bitcoin around the world. It, I mean, this is a step above ordinal. Sure, sure. Opinion. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, it, like collect yeah like there's one like no, right. it's like obviously no utility there's like okay i'm just going to assign value okay yeah. i think this is a cool number or whatever numerology this maybe there's i mean maybe there is illegitimate um value that comes out of this the thing i guess i think more of in, is um th this isn't i don't think long term even stable coins are going to be used that much i think it's going to have you guys seen the uh, paper called Orange no. is the New Green? And this, so this is um, Alan Farrington's okay. new okay. company called Axiom Capital. Um, he's been putting out some content, um, and one of them was a paper written by a guy named Theo Magine, who doesn't work for them, but he wrote this paper, and it's about uh, the bottom line. Definitely check it out, the Bitcoin Audible. I would say highly recommend the Bitcoin Audible. Um, the bottom line here is that there's a way now to basically um, create money market fund that is essentially a Bitcoin money market fund that's, that's not a shit coin, that legitimately um, kind of monetizes the hodling, the fact that, you know, people, ho the right. hodl wave charts so show mm -hmm. that, you know, you have 85% of the coins not moving through massive 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 drawdowns and um right now it would depend on things mm -hmm. like dlcs and right right oracle so it's not exactly trustless right but the piping and the, the roads to this can be built such that i could easily see like you know everything i've said that i thought like blackrock is trying to do the etf 
it's more sensible that everybody will just use these money market funds that are and that return, you know, they have very good. They just will have very good returns because right. it's just going to reflect hodling. It's going to reflect the benefit of hodling. <laughs> the question is, are we feeling? You want it? to know the you know the the burning question I had. Yeah, uh, but probably has a complete complete derail to to what you guys were talking about. So I apologize. Uh, but the burning question I had this week was actually about Halloween, considering, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yesterday. You know, you go out with the kids, they do the treating, all this kind of stuff. And the big question I had was that these kids dress up like ninjas. They dress up like pirates. They dress up like fucking doctors. They dress up like, you could basically Halloween, you could just say whoever you are and you are that thing. And you can go as like a piece of cheese. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fucking Halloween. <clears throat> but the thing that occurred to me is that there was these images of like ninjas and pirates, these bloodthirsty, vicious things in life. And they have been transformed through time into fucking like Walmart costumes. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's that all about? You know, I have an idea on, I have an, I have an idea on this. By the way, my daughter... I'd never, I've never in my life taken my kids out trick-or-treating and my youngest daughter is 14 and she decided to go. I'm like, fine, last time I'll ever get to do it. So we did. She went with an inflatable T-Rex costume just to fit with this theme. <laughs> like, oh, you know, how, what a sweet little thing. But like we do this with people. Like, I don't know, like I grew up in the 80s and the two most terrifying men that in popular culture in the 80s were Ozzy Osbourne and Mike Tyson. And like by the time the 2000 rolled around, right. these were like sweet old guys with like, you know, no, it's like, they, you know what I mean? They were with like brain damage. But like, the, oh, that's a, so, the perfect like example sweet this is, is the Super Bowl like a year or two ago. It was like Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, uh, 50 Cent. And it was like 20 years ago. Like my, you know, my parents' generation, like the boomers when they were in middle age, like that was the absolute worst. Pull up your pants, like you listen to that rap crap. Like this is like they hated it, right? And then my you know, my dad at Thanksgiving or Christmas yeah. last year, he just made this comment. He's like, as he's like the last Super Bowl with the rap, you know, all the rappers I listen. He's like, that was the best Super Bowl they've had or halftime show they've had in years. And I'm like, what? And it was just like now that's pop music. That's like that that's that's classic pop music from you know. Yeah, you know, I did a thing on this. I wrote a, I wrote a uh, small essay called "Highway to Hex," and not the shitcoin hex, but just like hex. I was like, I was really getting into um, mm-hmm, like Bitcoin mm-hmm. Core and Command Line and just ha- the whole hex code and what like. And um, it was about ACDC and like how ACDC was this awesome hard rocking band in the seventies, and then like, you know, by the nineties they're just doing like commercials for anything, right? And like. Was but was that a, like part of the pa- part of the paper was like ACDC is actually power. It's an alternative right. ways of getting power, and maybe they're spreading a message, and maybe they needed yeah. to get the network effect, and so they decided to, um, you know, join mm-hmm. the ranks, to join the mainstream to get their. 
to get their message out. But like it really is, it always goes like that, right? And we see these commercials like for these rebellious, right? You know, Metallica, and you know, we see these rebellious you know, Jewish priests, these bands that are all of a sudden right, right, like Rage Against the Machine is like is like mad that the Republicans are using their uh, music at, at rallies or like you know mad that people are are spreading disinformation that masks don't work. And it's like they rage against the machine. Yeah. Yeah, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Howard Stern has become. Right. I mean, part of it is they all, everybody does grow up. Um, you know, it does happen. And people, and I think fiat is very corrupting. And if you stay in the game long enough, you'll get corrupted by it, probably, right? That's just a, I and also, that's a part of it. Well, the, it, part of it is like you said, when you get older and you accumulate capital. And if the capital and the savings that you control and that you own that you're trying to preserve um, can be taken from you if you um, you know if you don't submit to the to this to the, the state of mind the state right you know what I mean but you you see the young guys making right. bigger money they have nothing to lose right be and oh, yeah. cost of inflation right but like I mean the first time I ever went to a baseball card show uh, this was in the eighties and Hank Aaron was there and he was like miserably disgusting and horrible and in a horrible mood. And I remember, I think my parents telling me like that he's just angry because these guys are making a lot of money now and he didn't make, you know, he barely, he, you know, he barely made any money playing baseball, Hank Aaron. Right. And he was like the, you know, like the best. So, and, um, you know, I'm sure my parents lied to me about why he was in a bad mood that day. He probably <laughs> just had diarrhea or something. But, you know, I mean, but it is, they do, you know, look at Alan Iverson is in commercials now. Right, right, right. And it is cringe to see it. It's actually, it hurts me to see this. You know, how soon before people are going out as Hamas for Halloween? Well, I mean, in in some parts of California, probably yesterday. They'll be they'll be they'll be walking past IDF soldiers. That's look. It, the kids of two hundred years from now are going to be dressing in, in Hamas in Hamas costumes. For we talk about stand up comedy before. Where it's like you have like those terrible cringe hat comics, and they get up there and they make some kind of Holocaust joke, or they make some kind of joke about something that's tragic, and maybe it's you know, too soon or it, mostly it's just, they suck and like they bad at telling jokes, but you know, we're way past the point of that. Like you can make a nine 11 joke. It doesn't even have to be good and people will laugh. Have you ever guys heard, have you heard Louis CK's nine 11 kind of thing? And it's so good. Yeah, I, par- I recommend I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it and it's good enough. It's good enough, but like, look it up. Like basically it was about in the pandemic that, um, during the pandemic, we were like nine eleven so bad we measure yeah, things right. in terms of the casualties and like how many nine elevens and be like oh we had three the equivalent of three nine elevens today you know and two nine elevens today and the, he goes on and on and the punchline here he goes you know when you really think about it nine eleven was really just one nine eleven <laughs> we've had five we've had five or it six really wasn't that then. big a deal yeah <laughs> uh, yeah but I think that there's also an element to um, like what what you mentioned was, you know, it was much more prevalent in society. So sometimes jokes, people get offended because um, they're offended that 
at, at some level that they've participated in this culture or the society that has made it acceptable for so long. But now that somebody's, you know, putting that in their face in a funny way, they can laugh about it. And if you tell, if you tell somebody like, you know, you're a part of this evil fiat system or whatever, and you, you make it seem like part you're participating in this corrupt, violent system, which I mean, you are, they are, but you tell somebody that who hasn't thought about that before, or maybe they have, and they get offended because that's, uh, that's kind of, that's a part of that system is, is what raised them. That's part of their identity. So they feel guilty. And I think you can somehow try to make them laugh about it. Uh, or until you can, it's probably, uh, going to be problematic, but I think people are starting to realize that the dollar is a joke. It's going to, I mean, somebody is going to have to give us the language. Some comic will come along and make, somehow make this funny. I mean, Chris Rock, I got like, came into a, you know, I mean, there's only like a handful of comics, and I put Louie in that category, but that actually figured out how to talk to us about these things that just were otherwise universally not funny, you know. They found a way, there's a ha small handful of these guys that found a way and found language you know, um, you know, even Louis with the nine eleven joke was just—it's just, it's just a way. You know, he had—he was one of the first guys to tell a joke about about nine eleven. Um, I remember it, and it was—it was—I'm not gonna tell it here. Honestly, it wasn't that funny, but it was funny then. Now I have to look it up. But it's still a very rare. It's a rare. I mean, you probably count them on maybe two hands. Who's ever been able to talk to us like that? Yeah, it's like what's the 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 sound of the song, the sound of silence. The, that the song uh, where he's like the the what's it the look up the lyric. I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, the Simon and Garfunkel sound of silence. But. Uh, Damn, take me so long to find this. It's kind of ruining the fucking. <laughs> well, the signs of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls, like the 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 art, the poetry, the just all of the subversive, the subversive little messages, uh, the memes, the undercutting memes, uh, making fun of politicians, right? Like it's um, mm. it's it's all around you. If you look, there's people trying to communicate. With, whether it's language, whether it's art, whether it's graffiti, whether it's whatever. Well, now, now it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter hellscape and hard to sift through now. You guys talked about it a couple right. of weeks ago. Like it's, it's, uh, it's whenever, you, whenever you go online and you, you read the headlines, you read the news and it's like, this is about the economy. It's doing great. Obviously it's not right. Like, but it's just all these different things the narrative but if you just all it takes is to look around you at the memes and the just the the shit posts to tell that what they're saying is not lining up with reality like yes. you're looking at the wrong message uh to to for to see what's going on oh you just pointed out a visual to me that twitter is like the subway halls yeah you're right <laughs> Rats, trolls. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> but you, but it gets you from place to place, right? 
It's still the only place counterculture exists right? and that can be seen, I think. Just this has been one of my like super high theories that I don't even know if it makes sense, but it's right on this like topic where I'm thinking of it. So if you have like really energy dense things like uranium, petroleum, like rocket fuel, right? Like they're very volatile. You can't just have them sitting out. You have to put uranium like behind fucking walls of concrete or underground and you have to like, you know, the Iranians can't even fire a rocket at, at uh, you know, at a moment's notice because they use liquid rocket fuel, which is too volatile. It would corrode and destroy them the rocket if it just stayed in there. Like, what about the energy density of food? Like, what about the people just cramming their bodies full of sugar and all these just really high energy dense uh, calories? And it's it's too much, right? And it's like too much sugar and like you're, it's volatile. It starts corroding your arteries. It starts like your blood your blood sugar balance gets fucked up. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, how, how inefficient are we that we're just cramming ourselves with this energy dense sugar that we don't need. But sometimes we do need sugar. We do need glucose and we need it to survive. But we, all of it, we're just growing out of the ground with hormones and antibiotics and just fucking making it as densely packed with this energy as possible. And people are just eating thousands of calories of it and dying early. Yeah. You know, yeah. Most people just aren't going to make it. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, and talk about fentanyl. That's that's another thing about Philly. A lot of people uh, cramming the fentanyl in, and I've seen videos. It looks terrible. It's crazy. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. I'm debating whether to. I'm debating whether to go into the thing I'm thinking about. That's um, that's your call, man. That's your call. It's um. It's something I haven't discussed yet publicly, and it's it's giving me vibes of the, my bombing story that I, my bombing story from comp, from doing stand up, and it's related. It's a similar subject matter. Um, so we talked about Twitter. You know, we talked about like the whole war and Hamas, and you can't believe anything on Twitter anymore, and that's like pretty depressing because there's probably people posting real shit about something I should be upset about. You know that. I have to like discount now and say it's probably fake and that kind of sucks. Um, and then there's this thing, I will, you know, me being Jewish, right? Definitely seeing some like, like, holy shit, dude. Like there's some, there's some fire. There is some fire out there that I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen on this level yet. Right. And uh, as a Bitcoiner. Okay. So if, First things first, right? It is true that like Jews have pretty prominent positions in Hollywood, in banks. It's fucking true, right? There's no there's no debating this, right? But but what I kind of what I was hope what I what I'm hoping like like there are like a lot of Bitcoiners that are really good at like immediately uh, accusing Michael Saylor of being a Fed, right? Like oh total fucking Fed, obvious. You know, and like we're really good at that, right? But we don't really see through like this um, the design of how governments have basically given Jews these jobs <laughs> over the past century, so that if the shit goes down, they're the ones that like you know they were like the tax collectors in Europe. They were the ones that would charge interest. They were the ones that like had to deal with the public in a way that you fucking hated, and you know. It's by design. I, I I do think it's by design, and I think it's by the uh, fiat cum lord design. Um, 
the um, in some way, right? We have we we're, we're there to do these fucking dis- despicable jobs, right? Like government, banking, and Hollywood, right? We 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 are the ones. We're the front men in these just absolutely despicable industries. And it's like, they're the Jewiest ones too. Like Harvey Weinstein is like, they couldn't have picked the Jewier Jew face to be the front man for this shit. Right. And it's almost like, like how do you almost not see that there, this is, this is the show. Right. And you know, anyway, I see so much, I see these, I see these tweets are like, Oh, you know, they have like Jewish flags next to all these people's names. Like, do you see the connection? It's like, dude, do you see the connection? Like, dude, this is like, this whole thing is possible. It could be set up this way on purpose. And I guess if we're adversarially thinking, like if we're, you know, we're immediately thinking Michael Saylor's a fed, we should be have that. If we're having adversarial. Should always think about the, the incentives of why people have structured why their this is, business, their life, their government, their state, like the way they have, what, what incentives are they following? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. To, uh, yeah. To, to end, to end this and to go back to what you said about the PSYOP is I think my opinion on conspiracies uh, or, you know, just these types of um, suspicious adversarial, like they're going to connect the dots type thing, is that we pay attention to, like, somebody must have directed this or somebody must have designed this or somebody, you know, somebody must be behind this. And, and we do that because we refuse to look at ourselves and realize that, like I said, back to the Ouija board thing, like we've all had our part in 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 creating the circumstances we live in some of us are more influential than others but it's it's just kind of all of our the behavior that we do not take responsibility for in our own lives and in our families and in our communities that lead to these outcomes and these these circumstances and we're always and we're focused like i said on the psyop on the wrong thing of like why did this you know why did this happen this way and it's like well you you were playing your part you're like a blood like a blood vessel or a um you know, blood in the vein. You're just going where you're following the inertia and the pressure and the energy. And whether you like it or not, you're you contribute to the uh, the condition. Yeah, and I remember, like, I listened to you say this a couple of weeks ago when you guys did your rip, and it definitely it affected me. I was like, yeah, that that is a very critical way to look at psyop, right? And you know, sometimes, yeah, looking at, well, I guess, who are we? Like, do we all play? We, right. we are all we're, playing we're, our parts. We're tolerating in or encouraging, this. but it, unless we're actively acting to stop something, right? Like, it's what, what a lot of, what, what amount of tolerance for clown world do you have before you step up to it and you stop it, right? Because until you do, you are participating in, in tolerating that that, you know, situation. Well, gentlemen, can can you uh, tell our <coughs> our fan base where to find you and uh, about more about your work? Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. Check it out. Right. Talk to you guys later. We love you guys. Thank you guys too. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Rundance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Rundance Bitcoin. 
If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!